Hey Warriors and welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you guys have had a great week. This last Saturday my wife and I were able to look virtually at a house for rent but there were some red flags about it that we were a little concerned about. Um, the lady that's helping us is still waiting for a couple of realtors to contact her so that she can get permission to look at the places that we're interested in. And there is a couple houses that we're actually really interested in. It's way, way where our budget needs to be. And it'd be really cool to see how the door would open if this is what God wants. Otherwise, I'm still hoping if, if it's not only any of the ones that we're looking at currently, that the door open pretty soon. Um, as for everything else, it's like I said, a lot of it is just getting out there or waiting for this open doors opportunity to be able to, to move. And once the door opens, we get out there and I, I appreciate the prayers. Um, I do want to give a shout out to, uh, some new subscribers to our, our warrior within, I guess you could say supporter club that we have going on. Um, Ethan, Jonah, and I believe Tucker are the newest ones. Um, I appreciate you guys supporting us, and um, I, it's just neat to see. I didn't recognize that we had gotten new supporters in recent times because I hadn't looked in a little bit, so I do appreciate what you have done and everybody else who's been supporting uh, this podcast. I, we, we really do appreciate it. And if you are interested in subscribing, all you have to do is just go to the main link and anchor where this is being basically produced from. And you can join like these other people have. And once again, thank you. Um, as for today, um, you'll probably start noticing that I changed the titles a little bit of the last two episodes. Instead of it being Men of Valor with a title, I just have Men of Men of. And so today I was thinking about several things. There's some things that were just going through my mind about what I could talk about. And I was trying to think of something that we men struggle with a lot and i started kind of going into just different thoughts different perspectives and the one word that came was the word fear or being afraid and that was a very interesting interesting thought process i remember when i was younger uh one of the issues i, I had was i was i was afraid of a lot of things. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of thunder and lightning. I, I mean, a lot of it, I think, came from being bullied quite a bit at, at the younger age. And then I even got bullied after we left New York. I, in New Jersey, I got bullied a little bit there. And I kind of felt like I was more of a fearful person. I, I was more afraid of failing. I was more afraid of not being able to be what I thought I was supposed to be. And as a man, you know, a lot of times one of the bigger struggles that we go through is growing up and trying to figure out what it means to be a man, what it means to uh, be respected, what it means to be um, loved by a woman, what it means to uh, have a good job, what it means. Like we've kind of talked about some of this stuff in the past few episodes here and there. But the idea was the word that came to my mind was we were afraid. And a lot of times when we think about being afraid, we think of, you know, coward or, you know, wimpy and stuff like that. But to be honest, even a strongest 
even a strong man or someone that you would consider the strongest man in your life probably has a fear. They may not say it out loud. They may not talk about it, but fear is definitely a perspective that's human and it's real and it exists. And in light of what we've been seeing with Ukraine, um, there's some pictures we get to see where we get to see fear. Fear is something real and it's something that does exist. It's not something that you can say should not be a part of our lives because it is because we are sinners. And we have the challenge of understanding what it means to have faith and trust in God, even when it doesn't seem like the answers are there. So it made me think about several stories, but the one story that kind of stood out to me the most because you get to see a full consequence of falling into that fear and how it can last a long time. But if you guys remember in numbers, the story of the 12 spies and you know that Israel had been traveling and they've been trying to uh, get to the promised land that God had for them. And so Moses sent 12 spies down into the new land that God had prepared for them. And of course, the Lord specifically tells him and says, send out men to explore the land of Canaan and the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 essential tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. So this is based in Numbers 13. So we understand that God actually commanded Moses to have people do this. And so 12 men from 12 tribes went out and they did as it was asked. And they had specific orders and how they were supposed to proceed to get to the area and to make basically a judgment call. Um, the 12 men saw what they needed to see. They saw the vastness of the beauty of the land. They saw like the food and, but they also saw basically the people that they were going to have to fight. And you would think that after all the stuff that they've been through and all the situation they went through with Egypt and the stories of the past, you would think that, Hey, you know what? God has shown himself true and we just need to trust in him, right? And after they explored for 40 days, so this is 40 days of these 12 men exploring this land, they came back and they basically told the whole community, uh, showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. They This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent, to, sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, but the people living there are powerful. So right there, they're already, there's this doubt, and their towns are large and fortified. Because remember, they don't have anything per se, like no land, no housing. It's not like they had a whole army preset. Um, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in Negev, the Hittites, the Jesuitites, the Amorites. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Now this, you know, it, it's, it makes you think about how many times we have presented something that God has asked us to do in our life or 
what we're being described to is what we need to be as men of God. And you get this nice picture, but then we start looking at all the negatives and how hard it is. Like I remember growing up, the idea of being on your own is probably a scary thought. I'm sure the idea of getting your first job where you're suddenly responsible for other people. Um, or how about even basically being on your own a hundred percent and having to pay all those bills, you know, it's, it's just so much stuff that we don't realize how much stress it puts on, a, on us as guys and even as women, but this is more for guys. So the idea of, you know, guys get all this stuff get thrown on them and now they're sitting there trying to figure out what's next. What do we do? And all that stress starts coming in. Well, this is not really necessarily that type of picture, but the idea is that God has already said, Hey, I'm going to give you this. And it's just like, if God said, Hey, I'm providing you this job. I'm providing you the money, providing you a place or providing you a car. I'm providing everything that you need. Now I'm asking you to do this. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, but no, because that's basically what's starting to happen. Because Caleb in verse 30 says, um, let's go at once and take the land. We are certainly going to be able to conquer it. And of course, everybody is like, yeah, 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 no. So the other men, so they're technically Joshua and him, the only two who said, let's go. And then all the other 10 guys said, um, yeah, no. We can't go against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread the bad report. So in other words, instead of having a good discussion and talking about something, they decided to start spreading out rumors about how bad it is. And so if you know anything about how rumors can start bad things, you know, in like in your church, if there was an issue and you and you've seen people disagree, they start kind of telling other people, Hey, this is bad. This is why this is bad. This is why this is bad is why, but there's nothing mentioned about trusting in God. There's no mention in, well, maybe this could be a good decision. And this kind of goes into how we live our life. Fear can get its foot into our decision-making. Cause I know I've talked about, have you asked God, are you doing what you think? are you doing what you think God is asking you to do? Or are you just doing something because this is the definition of what a man looks like? Or are you doing it because it makes a lots of money? Or are you doing it because it's what you've been kind of pressed to do by your parents? You know, we, we talk about how rich people get stuck in these situations where they're stuck doing the job that their parents did. But in reality, it's not just a rich thing. It's everybody. Sometimes you have those parents who have this vision of what they want you to become. And sometimes those dreams are their dreams and not necessarily yours or what God wants. Now, I've made mention with uh, a few friends of mine that I've known, at least one where, you know, he had this amazing job, but he felt called to go minister as a missionary. And in his culture, doing what he was doing was success. And the choice that he was about to make was like throwing it all away. And his dad wasn't necessarily happy with that. But my friend went and did it anyway, saw how the Lord moved, 
came back and the dad actually realized and was proud about what his son did because he started seeing the visual understanding of doing what God wants versus what he thinks is right for his son. And in many cases, we struggle with this even for our own kids and for friends and even like siblings. And, and we, we see when people make, make these choices and then don't make choices like they should because it seems like God is trying to tell them something, but they're so focused on what they think is the correct way. Or in my case, what I've seen a lot of times is fear. They're more afraid that if they make this move to do something else, the job that they had and all the money they've made and like the insurance they have and, and the, the security they have with the hours and the time that they've spent working for this company for 10, 15 years <coughs> would not be a good decision. Even though, excuse me, <coughs> even though God is telling them just to do it because if you trust me, I will show you how I could take care of you through it. I mean, I look at my own life and the things that have happened. I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to go through what I've been going through the past 10 years. And I definitely didn't want to be struggling as much as I had been struggling. And I too did not think that it was going to be this type of a journey that I was going to be going through. But there's for some reason, God felt like I needed to. And he needed me to go through this process, I guess, to learn better understanding of what it means to trust him, to have faith in him, to believe that he is providing, that he is doing something, that he has a plan. And even though I cannot see it, he still wants me to believe in him through it. And that's the interesting part when I see Joshua and Caleb is that even though, yes, there was these mighty men, there was these strong giants, and there were, they were all fortified like cities and towns. And it is scary of the idea of just coming in and, and it's just going to work out. But their faith was in God, not with what they see with their eyes. And the other ten who spoke against them, all they saw was fear. They were afraid of failing. They were afraid that things weren't going to work out. They were afraid if they make this move, that the safety and comfort that they had right now, they would lose it. Because what happens if they fail? What happens if things don't work out in the way that they think it could possibly, or what they would like to happen, but instead they see the fear. And what Caleb and Joshua saw was how much God has already done for them. So why would he give us a promise and then take that away from us? If we just go and do this, let's just get out there and, and God will do amazing things. Now, the one issue about Joshua and Caleb in this situation is they weren't the boss. The boss was Moses and technically Aaron was second in command. And instead of them saying, yes, you know, God has proven himself. They decided to just kind of fall into the hands of fear of their own lives versus God's perspective. So we get to chapter 14, verse 5. Moses and Aaron felt face down on the floor before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothes, which usually is symbolism of being angry. Um, uh, they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. 
is rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. And so you would think, man, a great speech. But instead, in verse 10, you have the whole community began to talk about serving Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all Israel, the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Well, they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them. I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. And then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. Than they are. And he's talking about Egypt. So Moses objected, what will Egyptians think if we, you know, trying to use kind of, in my sense, a little bit more manipulation. Um, they know full well that the power you displayed rescuing your, your people from Egypt. Like, it, it, the thing is, is like, he needs to be strong. I mean, that's that's my thing. He needs to be strong and just tell him, no, we're going to do this. And if you don't want to do it, then you could stay. But those who are willing to follow, come and follow. <clears throat> so then he's trying to make sure God doesn't wreck them out. And that's why um, like, it's just it's just interesting conversation. And we get to verse 14. Now, if you destroy them, the Egyptians will send a report to the inhabitants of this land who have already heard that you live among your people. They know, Lord, that you have appeared to your people's face to face and that that your pillar of cloud hovers over them. They know that you go through, and I get that. And he's like, please, Lord, prove in verse 17 that your power is great as you have claimed. For you said the Lord is slow to anger and filled with unloving, uh, unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon their children, and the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. But then the Lord finally speaks in verse 20. I will pardon them as you have requested, but as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter the land. And that right there was an interesting statement to hear. Because later on in verse 24, he goes, but my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I'll bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. Now turn around and don't go on toward the land where the Amalekites and the Canaanites live. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. You see, this is what's very interesting to me. And I know that some of this is kind of like, well, you know, it's, it's a different story. No, there, there's a lot of truth in this. But before we take a quick break, I want you to think about what I just said. Basically, he decided not to kill them. But he also did not allow them to see something that he had promised them. Because of the choice that they made. I want you to think about that as we take a quick break. Hey, Warriors, welcome back. And we've been talking about the 12 spies and the choices that the community has made versus what Caleb and Joshua have stated. And 
we were in numbers 13 and 14 and we were just talking about how making a decision brings the consequences for Israel overall but it's for those people who have doubted God and who have basically rebelled. I mean, it's interesting that the concept is behind all this is that this is rebellion that we're seeing. So is it when, when God's telling us to do something, are we in rebellion? I want you to think about that. If God is telling you to be doing something, you're supposed to be going to after this job or you're supposed to be going to the school or he wants you to leave the job currently at to go do this other job. Maybe he wants you to be a pastor. Maybe he wants you to be a missionary. Maybe he doesn't want you to be this uh, billionaire owner, but he wants you to go and become a police officer. See, if God is calling us to do something specific and we don't do it, we're rebels. We're, we're, we're rebelling against our Lord. And in this case, he makes him wander in the wilderness because we know that story for 40 years, right? How many of you guys have ever felt God calling you to do something and it's already been five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen years since you felt that calling? And you've been doing something for those past 15 years. And yeah, he's still calling you to do something. <clears throat> you've basically been wandering for 10, 15 years in the wilderness. It doesn't mean they didn't do anything during those 40 years because we know there's more story that, to come. And we know Moses, because he disobeyed God, did not make it, but was able to see it. But the truth is, when we allow fear to keep us from going where we're supposed to be going, there's several things that will happen. One, you'll be out in the wilderness for a while and, and hopes would be that you'd recognize that you need to make this decision and step forward into it and trust faith. And it may not be easy, but it also may not necessarily be hard. It may be an easy transition for some people, but in some cases it may be hard in other cases. But sometimes we need to take that step back to make sure that we're doing what God is asking instead of doing it out of fear. Because maybe, maybe, maybe God wasn't calling me to do that. You know, I mean, why would he give, make me want to give up this amazing job? to go be a pastor. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. You know, there's, there's no way God would want me to quit going to an Ivy league school, going to Harvard or going to Yale. There's no way he would want me to go to some tiny little college out in the middle of nowhere. That, that just doesn't make sense. I, I go there, I'll have this amazing degree, and God's going to provide an amazing job because man, I got the right degree. But he's asking you to go to a small little college out in Iowa. Maybe he doesn't want you to go to college. Maybe his desire is for you to become an electrician or become a plumber. 
Oh, but I can't do anything with that. No, but you meet a lot of people in connections. You see, we have created in our heads what we think it means to be a man. We have created this image so much so, sometimes I think we place it on other men to live up to this to be considered a man. Whether it's your child, maybe a younger sibling, maybe a cousin, maybe a dear friend. But the truth is, in this situation, this story, we see that Caleb and Joshua stood in faith and trust because God said and they were going to do. Because I want you to think about that. Joshua and Caleb did not know if they went and got into this fight with all these different, these fights and with all these different countries that they would live through it. But they do believe that God made a promise that they would get it. You see, you got to start looking at these things differently. We know the story. We know the what it's at the ending. We know what happens. We know the choices. We know the consequences of these stories. But in reality, you and I don't know the consequences of our choices until they happen. Because later on, and you go to verse 34, this is the, the punishment promise that God has given. He says, because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years. A year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. Then you will discover what it is like to have me for an enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who has conspired against me. And they will be destroyed here in this wilderness and here they will die. I want you guys to think about that. All because they were afraid to trust in him. It created a rebellious heart in the members of Israel. And the consequence was, and he took it very seriously. And we think that he doesn't do that today, but yes, 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 he does. He took every one of those days that those spies have been out there who gave the negative report out of fear, each one a year. So that those who did rebel and the idea he in his mind would be dead. They wouldn't be able to come into the land. That was the promise. Because earlier in verse 29, it says, you will all drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb and Joshua. That's powerful, guys. Think about that. 
he took that very seriously. And yet, how many times do we sit there and when God's telling us to do something, we don't do it? Because we're afraid. Because there's no way God would put me in such bad situation. You see, the lie that we've been telling ourselves is that bad things happen because we did something wrong. And when good things happen, it's because we're being blessed. The truth is, sometimes bad things happen because God's trying to teach us something. Because he needs us to be around those type of people during that hard time for some purpose, for some plan. As much as I don't like that I went to Hartford for those three years because of how I was treated and how awful the idea of imagery of what ministry was to certain people in that church. God did show me certain people in that church and the lessons I needed to learn and allowed me to have a part in their lives for some point, a purpose. Whether it was the kids, whether it was their parents, whether it was some of the men in the church, the women in the church, and even the lady who I got to work with for two and a half years while I was there. God used that time, even though it wasn't the best time for myself or my wife, and I lost things, and I was hurt, and I got beat up by the enemy. I got beat up by people who were basically evil. And yet God still showed his providence. He showed his power. He showed his understanding through all of that and took care of me. And I'm still having to deal with what I had to go through there even today. But it's still God helping me through it, which is amazing. And that's the beauty of who God is and the purpose that he has for us is sometimes we do have to go through some of these valleys to be able to get there and we have to do the hard work to get there and we have to take all the crap to get there. And then some people might not have to go through as much crap right away. Maybe they have to go through it later. But the thing is, God is teaching and trying to show us what it means to trust and obey him. Because remember, Israel was a slave for several years, several hundred years um, under Egypt. And then they got stuck out in the wilderness because of their choices. And I'm sure it was not very easy for 40 years for Caleb and Joshua to wait and count those days of every, as the years pass, waiting for these 40 years to end so that they can finally get to the new land. I mean, it's, it's hard and I'm sure there was times where it felt like it was never going to happen. But God still kept that promise and he still showed his love towards them. And he still took very good care of them during that whole time. And they got to see his providence and, and provision and his, and his care for his people during that whole time. And yes, there were some interesting choices and problems that came from it and we got to see all these stories that we use and probably listen to as a kid, but God still provided for his people. 
So even if you do finally say, yes, Lord, I am willing to go and do what you've asked of me, and I'm not going to be afraid, even though I know I'm going to be giving up my my job. I know I'm going to be like living off of maybe not as much money as I was used to. I know maybe I have to move several times and I know I'm probably going to have to struggle, you know, mentally, emotionally and physically. And it's going to be a hard time for my family or it may not be as bad as we think it is. Because there was good times during these 10 years of struggling and God still provided, still took care of us. We still had a car. We still had a place to sleep. We still had, you know, um, things that we can get. We were still able to enjoy some things of this life during that time, but it was still a struggle. And the thing is that sometimes you just saying, yes, Lord, and you're going to do this. God just does all this amazing stuff to get you there. And sometimes it may be slight struggles, like you might not be able to get a home that you were hoping to get. You may not be able to, you may be stuck renting for the next 10 years. You may be uh, having to count on other people to help out at certain times because you're not getting paid the $80,000 you're getting paid at this one company. Now you're living off of maybe $30,000, $40,000 and you're, you know, your wife has to work a little extra or maybe she can't work. And you're just living off of whatever the Lord provides during this time. You just don't know. But at the same time, God still provides and shows his providence. Even if you have to go through your form of wilderness time to get there. But remember, like I said, sometimes your wilderness time is what you're doing currently. Maybe you've been working for this company for 15 years and it's provided insurance, it's provided money, it's provided everything you need. But you know down in, deep in your heart that about seven years ago, eight years ago, God said, hey, I, I want you to be, I want you to be a pastor. And you're like, oh, that would be amazing. So you go and talk and suddenly, you know, the, they're telling you you need to do all this other stuff. And so you say, oh, never mind. It's not going to happen. But God never said you had to go talk to these other people to get their okay. He called you. And seven years later, you have people telling you the same thing. You're supposed to be a pastor. Like We feel like you're called to it, but you got to give up something. There's something that you're holding back and you're just not seeing it. And you maybe, maybe you're not seeing God trying to tell you this, but he's telling you. And you still won't do it. Maybe, you know, you've been living in this, this nice area of town, but, you know, he wants you to move to the bit worse area because he wants you to minister because you've already been doing it so he wants you to be a part of that be like ah, i don't, don't want to go there i can tell you this guys i did not want to go to hartford i did not want to go to the city i don't like cities but now i'm going to be going to waco which is going to be basically like a city sorta but also have the rural feel in the outskirts which is what i also want too so i get kind of the best of both worlds where I don't have to live in the city, but at the same time, I still get to be part of a city of some sorts. See, there's things that God needs you to go through for him to teach you something, to get you to see something, to get you to take a step back so that you're not so focused on one thing. But it takes you saying, yes, those giants are big. Yes, making this move is going to be hard. 
yes, they, all, they have all these fortifications, and yes, I'm not going to have the easy time because, you know, this job gave me everything I needed. Now I'm going to be having to go find something else until I finish school, So, or if I have to go to school, or I don't know, oh, Lord, how are you going to provide this money to start a church? And he just provides the money, and you're just sitting there in awe because you don't understand how in the world that even happened, but all you could say is you know that God did it. Maybe a church will get behind you and say, hey, we're going to we're going to invite you to be part of our church because we feel like you are called and we're going to train you up into ministry. But, you know, my, our pastor is going to get behind you and disciple. He's going to work with you and you don't have to go to school. But if you decide you want to go to school, we'll work with you. Maybe you're this doctor that's been working in New York City all your for the last 15 years, 10 years, 20 years and you know, you have everything. You're, you're getting paid all this money. And suddenly there's a town in Alabama who reaching out to you and says, we would love you to be our our town doctor. You know, we, we, we see that you have the qualifications. You do it and, and you feel God telling you you're supposed to do it, but you're like, I'm not going to give up all this. this. This is everything I ever want. What you don't know is that you're going to get everything you're going to ever want there because God's going to bless you in a different way. Yeah, you may not be in the city, but hey, maybe he's going to bless you in, in, in a new way. Now, maybe you've been going to Hartford for the past three years, and it, the class, is, it just doesn't feel right. So you start praying, and suddenly God's putting in this thought that you're supposed to be going to this other school for another, like, to finish up your degree there, because... He wants you to, and you're like, I don't know. I don't think I should be doing that. There's no way I'm going to give up. I've been here three years, but if you do it, suddenly all these opportunities pop up. Suddenly the teachers there or professors need, need you there, and you're part of these programs, and you start getting involved. Or like a recent friend of mine who said, you know, I just don't know if I'm really supposed to be doing this this stuff, this the psychology stuff. And I said, well, you know, I do have my my views on psychology, but Maybe God's going to open up other doors in this world that's not necessarily what you think it's going to be. And then suddenly now she's getting called to be a part of this amazing opportunity that she is still in awe about. All because she still, she trusted, she believed that God had a plan and God blessed her with that. You see, doing it... And removing that fear and just stepping forward, even though you may feel scared to do it, that's what God's asking you to do. That's what valor is, having courage in battle. Because we're in a battle on a daily basis. That's what courage means, stepping in through the fear that's it's trying to keep you from doing something and just stepping through and just seeing what God does because that's what faith is. That's what trusting in what he is going to do is going to look like. And it's going to be worth it. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless this conversation. I pray that you open up men's hearts and minds, and maybe even women that are listening today, that you allow them to be able to not be afraid to step forward. Because sometimes it's going to be scary when you're telling us to do something. It's going to be scary. It doesn't matter if they're not being called to be a pastor. It doesn't matter if they're not being called to be something else. But Lord, they may be called to be doing something and you've been asking them to do it for quite a while. And they've been kind of holding back because they're comfortable. 
and they're afraid because if they they step into this next journey they have to give up a lot of things that they have right now of comfort because they doubt that you're going to provide Lord, open their eyes and their hearts in this concept of trust in you, trusting in you by just stepping forward, even if they feel scared, but stepping forward because they believe and have faith in you and that fear will go away because as you start showing them steps and it may not be easy steps, it may not be, you know, a simple answer, a few months or a few days, but it might be a few years before they get there, but because they stepped in faith you will open that door for them. It doesn't matter what it is, Lord, whether it's job, school, life choices, community choices, whatever it may be that they've been asked by you to do, give them courage to step forward. I thank you for all that you do for us, Lord, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I hope you have a great week, and I hope to be able to see you guys next time in my podcast. Um, I pray that you guys will have a blessed week. And if God is calling you to do something, do it. Remember, like I said, you know, they were considered, Israel was considered rebels, being rebellious towards God by them saying, nope, we're not going to go do it, even though he said you can. Just think about that. And I'll see you guys next time.